It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Didn't get me that time, big voice guy. 806 here on the Blitz 1170. Bryce is laughing at my idiocy, but I don't blame him. I'm Rick Corey. He is Bryce Sauls in the next room. Thanks for being here the first two hours on the Blitz 1170. You can jump in here anytime at 918-262-5072. It's your show. I just happen to sit in the seat. I don't know if you saw this or not. If you didn't watch any of the Grammys, but you might have heard this morning, there were several wins. Taylor Swift, of course, and we had some Oklahomans who took home some some prizes, which was cool as well. Uh, But uh, Killer Mike, you know who Killer Mike is? I know of him. The rapper? Yeah. He won three Grammys, so he got a lot of medal last night. Three of them were Grammys. One was a set of handcuffs because <laughs> they cuffed him and arrested him and escorted him out. Now, Los Angeles police did this. Why in the world do you arrest the guy at the Grammys? Is I mean, if the investigation, whatever it was, I'm not. Do you know why? Because last night when I looked, they still didn't know why. Yeah, I haven't seen. It's uh, after an alleged altercation um, is what I most recently saw. It's unclear what at the what, Grammys. At the Grammys, it's or it's unclear what led to Killer Mike's removal uh, from Crypto Arena, other than an alleged altercation. Um, they haven't specified though exactly. Right. So did the there, altercation happen you know, there? Yeah, that's the thing. <clears throat> so we don't know because if it didn't, and the L.A. police waited to do it at the Grammys, it is either the most brilliant or the dumbest thing ever, <laughs> and I'm not quite sure which. Mm. If you're the L.A. cops, it's going to get you a ton of attention if that's what you're looking for or trying to send some Mm -hmm. kind of message. But if it happened at the Grammys and someone called the cops, then okay, then it makes a little more sense as for timing. Okay, so in the LAPD post, police said the altercation occurred in the 700 block of Chick Hearn Court. Which is where Crypto.com Arena yeah, is located. That is, yeah, Chick Hearn, so, by the way, the longtime legendary broadcaster of the Lakers. Okay, so like, is are they just like, connect, is that connected in some way? Well, I have and, driven by there a hundred times in my trips to LA. I've never been in the arena. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what okay. those, that might be Maybe the name of the street. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I don't know, outside the arena. If you do know that or you know more than we do, which is <laughs> every day, then text us at 918-262-5072. That's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. And I, I know that's not really sports related, but I still thought it was an interesting moment. It was one of the notes I wanted to get to that they arrested the dude. And there was video of him being walked out of the arena in handcuffs. So, like I said, a lot of metal last night. He got three Grammys in that. You can't really carry Grammys when your hands are behind your back. Mm, it's kind of tough. Yep. Uh, he was, uh, you heard him kind of yelling and screaming as they took him out, or, or at least speaking in a loud voice, <laughs> as you can imagine, as they took him out, which I thought was, uh, <clears throat> well, it was interesting, wasn't it? Uh, 810 here on the Blitz 1170. By the way, that note on Baker Mayfield a while ago, yeah. he didn't just win the offensive MVP and he didn't just win the precision passing. He's the first player in history, if this is right, and I think it is, to have an Heisman, a Pro Bowl MVP, uh, and then an MVP as well. All that in, in one place, which I thought was, you know, Baker Mayfield's just living life right now, isn't he? I think that, like, it's because the Buccaneers have let him finally be him. Mm-hmm. I think that's, again, like the key that was for Baker all along is not 
just letting him be a game manager, but letting him do what he did at Oklahoma. You know, if you let him do that, then he has certainly has the ability to be as high flying as he was for mm-hmm. the Sooners. And, you know, and, and they're not going to, I mean, he's not going to do the same kinds of things. They'll be a little bit more restricted in the offense because, you know, you got a little more free reign in college. You can run a little bit more. And mm-hmm. he doesn't use the legs as much as he did in college. And remember, in college, mm-hmm. he didn't run for a ton of yards. It wasn't necessarily that. He just moved around in the pocket and made plays. Yeah. And that's what the Bucks are allowing him to do. And some of that in Cleveland just went wrong. And it's not that, I mean, they, he did still did do some of it, but a lot of it just didn't turn out. A lot of it became interceptions and those kinds of things. He seems... He seems happier. He seems more at home. Um, you know, yeah. doesn't hurt having Mike Evans, who, by the way, I believe is a free agent and mm. is going to command a lot of money. Oh yeah. Uh, which you know, if he if he were to lose him, that would hurt. Obviously, unless you replaced him with somebody really, really good. But uh, it's just living this best life, and and I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. He doesn't seem. Ever, he's never seemed. I mean, yeah, he had the dumb incident down in Arkansas where he ran from the cops which mm-hmm. Switzer gave him unending hell for during one interview when the two of them were together. And it was really funny. And quite honestly, Mayfield handled it really, really well, mm-hmm. too. And he has since said, you know, that, that was stupid. I was a knucklehead for doing that. And, you yeah. know, if, if you're, you've ever been young and have, <laughs> I, I was born way old, so I don't know, uh, then you've done something silly. And mm-hmm. he just happened to get caught that time. So I thought, was, I thought it was really funny the way he reacted to Switzer giving him trouble over it. Anyway, really happy for him, and I thought that was cool. Speaking of Oklahoma, they're on a roll when it comes to recruiting. Bill Biedenbaugh's done it again. They picked up another commitment for 2025, and I know that's a long way off. But still, this kid, Ryan, I think it's Fudgy, from Bridgeland, Texas, 6'5", 280, another offensive lineman. It's a really nice, uh, really nice get for them, as long as he stays. I mean, I, stays with mm-hmm. them. I, I say because you know it's it's nowadays. Heck, you don't know. You recruit a guy and then you get him here, and then a year later he plays for somebody else, and you just don't know. Uh, all right. So we mentioned what happened, or you heard Garen mention the SEC and the Big Ten having a hey, wait a minute, hang hang on there moment. Now we've seen conferences try to have quote unquote scheduling alliances and that kind of thing. But in this instance, the Big Ten and SEC say they're going to get together, form an advisory committee with the goal of of addressing significant challenges facing college sports. Now, when you say significant challenges in college sports, that covers a lot of territory. Yeah, I mean, don't you believe right now almost everything in college sports is a significant challenge? Yes. I, I think that mainly... When you look at the transfer portal and NIL, those are like the two that really stick out. But how much does that cover? Mm-hmm. I mean, how much does that impact? So it's like everything. Even, and that's the thing is, even though you can, all, I, I can just name a couple off the bat, and that's probably what people mainly go to. It just affects everything so much. So mm-hmm. it's it's really broad in, in the grand scope of things. And you, know, and you heard Garen Emi say, and we just had him on a few minutes ago. You'll find that video up as soon as our show is over a little later on, which, by the way, you can find our podcasts every day as well. So if you happen to yeah, miss each hour, yeah, if you happen to miss the Blitz 1170 and the Morning Blitz and you want to go back and listen, it'll be there. If you missed, the afternoon guys, you know, the show with Pop and Colby, it's going to be there. You'll be able to go find that, so you can find us on demand. Plus, of course, you can always stream us at Blitz1170.com. That's really easy, too. So if you ever want and get any that you can, but you also find these our videos. You'll, for instance, Garen will be up there on social media a little bit later on. But they want to talk about not just that. They want to talk about scheduling, which I think is a really huge thing. Mm. And, again, everything in college football is a huge thing right now. They also want to talk about stuff like um, the playoffs. And, you know, according – if you're a big-name conference, what do you want? You want your guys in the playoffs. 
You don't want the other guys. So the old, if you will, if you power, you know, in group of five, if you will, they don't want that. Which is why, once again, we all believe it's moving toward here are these guys and here are these guys. Uh, but they're going to have um, presidents, chancellors, ads, all this involved. Now, will they get anything done? I don't have any idea. But just the fact, it's a little telling to me that everybody from those two groups, who quite honestly. I, I don't want to say they've never gotten along because I don't know their commissioners and I don't know if they get you know if they go yeah. and have their discussions, but we think of them as two completely separate entities and we, they've never seemed terribly interested to get to know each other. And yeah, you Missouri, you know, goes from the Big Twelve, Big Twelve at the time down there, but you're not getting a lot of crossover between the Big Ten. The only reason I mentioned Missouri is Missouri at one time had been mentioned as a possible Big Ten member. Yeah. And that's happened more than once when they've talked about them because of their academic standings and all those kinds of things. Uh, yet they go to the SEC. So if you you don't consider that maybe a loss for the Big Ten, but there may be people in the Big Ten who do, mm-hmm. who maybe wanted them. And when it came to region, quote unquote regional rivalries closer to Iowa and Illinois and all that's those. Back when we cared about geography, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a great <laughs> point. Back when we cared about geography, yes, that was one of those situations that might have occurred. Uh, so I don't know if you know that if that was a problem for them or not, but we haven't seen them cross over with much. You know, we got the you've got the Pac-12 and the ACC now. We got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten now. You know, we've got these people. You know, we got the Pac-12 and the Big 12 now. We have these p- things all over the place, but you don't hear a lot of cross between those two, which always made me feel like they were always going to operate as separate entities. Now I'm not saying that they're going to get together and and change anything, but but that's still I think telling to me. They come together and do this, mm-hmm. and will it change anything? Don't have a clue. Are they plotting getting rid of the NCAA? Because those two together now will have the power to do so. Maybe and, see something kind of like the alliance that mm-hmm. we saw that didn't really go Work far out. with with Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12. You know that seemed like something that was. It wasn't just one single meeting, but it was kind of along the same lines of like, okay, what's the plan here in terms of what they see the future is going to be like? That died pretty early, though. Yeah, that was like driving a Yugo. It wasn't going to last long, <laughs> and and it didn't. It was it was out of here in a, a pretty good hurry. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I can see those two, and the Big Twelve is going to be going over. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know. Now the ACC is kind of just hoping to hang on. I think the Big Twelve yeah. is trying to put itself in a position to be there with those two. And maybe they will invite them a little later on. Because i got to tell you, quite honestly, Greg Sankey, as good as he is at the SEC, you know, and, and the, the Big Ten has had many good commissioners, and they, you know, they, they've morphed and changed a little bit more. The SEC stayed with Sankey a long time. Uh, but I don't think anybody in this nation, conference-wise, would not want to have an opinion from Brett Yormark and his young, forward-thinking person in the room having someone in the room who promoted nascar and wrestling and those kinds of things and understands a little of that psyche i think would be invaluable oh yeah i I believe so too and i think that that, that's the thing is the big 12 hasn't been looked at um with much respect Mm -hmm. even through all of this no and yet they have sustained themselves and they've added security even when they were already in a pretty secure situation to where they knew they could stay afloat Mm -hmm. um, and be around for a few more years they go and get the four corner schools i mean it's just been manifest destiny for the big 12 and it's hasn't really come with a whole lot of respect but they're going to be around and that's what at the end of the day i think that's what all that matters and i don't think anybody over there completely quote-unquote disrespects them but i understand what you mean by that which is they're really brushed off in my opinion well i do think i do think they're i got the kids table 
yeah. so yeah. to speak. And I think that's unfortunate because they don't think they're not, and they're not in the level of, of of play. No question, they're the best basketball league in America for the second year. Mm-hmm. They have at times been as good a football league as anybody, including the SEC. And I realize how Alabama and Georgia have run the world for the longest time, but they still have been, in my opinion, as good as anybody uh, multiple times. They weren't this year, but they weren't bad. That's why Texas ended up in the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, Oklahoma, you look back and think, yeah, they had this slip up here or there, but they played well toward the end, and maybe they had the opportunity as well. And I think, once again, we saw them really trending up toward the end, and I think they'll continue to do that. Personally, I think they'll play fine in the SEC. I don't think it's going to be – I mean, they're going to have challenges. Yeah, it's going to be harder every week, yes. But I think they'll be – I don't think they'll be just fine. I think they'll – matter of fact, I think they have – you know, there's a time when I thought Texas might actually have a better year next year. Now I'm not sure I believe that. Uh, we'll see as we go forward. You it's believe gonna, that Texas? <clears throat> say I, that again. I believed not long ago that Texas would have a better season next year in the SEC in football. Mm. Now I'm not sure I agree. Okay. And it really all it all lays on Jackson Arnold. I mean, literally it does. Had Dylan Gabriel been at Oklahoma another year, just given his experience and ability to make the right decisions and not hurt his team, I would say right now that Oklahoma would have a better next year, year next year than Texas. Mm, okay. I would say that. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't have said that a few months ago, but I believe it now, especially toward the end and the way they trended up, what I'm seeing them add uh, and, and where I think they're going. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know Quinn Ewers is going to go back to Texas. I don't know where his attention will be. There'll be a lot more attention to Arch Manning, and I just I'm not sure. And they lost a good bit, and I still think they're going to be good. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to go in there and lay an egg. But I don't think maybe I have the same opinion I had a couple of months ago where I believe Oklahoma is moving that way. And if Jackson Arnold plays well, then I, I think they'll still maybe have a better opportunity to have a better year. Having all said all that, I, I still do believe, like you do, that they kind of view them as the kiddies' table, which is too bad. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they don't belong there when it comes to competition-wise. And they certainly don't belong there in basketball. They don't belong there in softball. Where, where, well, Oklahoma's leaving, but they, they haven't belonged there in softball where Oklahoma ruled the world. They haven't belonged there in baseball where they've been really good. Mm-hmm. And the SEC's been good, there's no doubt. But they haven't, you know, the, the Big 12's been as good. But right now in basketball, nobody belongs anywhere else. And that's, and, and that's only going to get better, yeah, too. And, and it's the, one of their announcements said, <clears throat> this the, the body will not have authority to act independently will only serve as a consulting body. So really what they're saying is we're just going to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but you still carry a lot of a lot of power in that big stick you swing. And if they start swinging it and making decisions and thoughts and they all they, you know they come up with their own way to run what would be the new revamped NCAA if you will, then we might see some changes. Now the NCAA is doing what it can to try to pull itself up by its bootstraps mm-hmm. by kind of slapping some NIL, you know, restrictions yeah. here and there. I think too little too late. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where um, you, you've already like let so much go through the floodgates that it's it's kind of odd what they choose to police here and there. Yep, it is, and you know they didn't again they didn't give a ton of detail, and it's it's a it's what it is right now is just a board. So do they have power to do anything? No, uh, but behind the scenes, realistically, do they have power? Of course they do. You're talking a lot about a lot of important people, a lot of a lot of important institutions in one place. So if they decide to pull the rope in one direction, we're all going to have to go that way. Yeah, they're going to win the tug of war. That's all there is to it. Uh, maybe nothing will come of it, but uh, this you know we've because we've seen and heard these kinds of things before. This though, to me, has the <clears throat> has the opportunity 
to make a <clears throat> to make some change really really big. It's eight twenty two here on the Blitz eleven seventy. I'm Rick Corey along with uh, Bryce Hulse. It, we'd like to have your comments at nine eight two six two five zero seven two on the Arapi Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. I also want to get into something that happened in the NFL. We thought Friday Cliff Kingsbury was a done deal to the Raiders, which I thought was kind of cool. Like Antonio Pierce, like where the Raiders are heading. Super Bowl in their building doesn't give the Raiders momentum, but it gives the city momentum as though they need it. But I do believe that there will be attention there on Vegas that hasn't been given. Yes, they're getting going to get the A's. Yes, they already have hockey, and they've been really successful. And mm-hmm. we know about Vegas overall. But we've always kind of felt, at least I have, about Vegas as that's the place you go vacation for three days and you come home. It's, yeah. a, it's a great place to visit. <laughs> And then it's like, I got to leave. <laughs> I, I have to get out. I, I haven't been since I was there to broadcast basketball tournaments, so it's been a long time. Or I'm flown through, but nothing more nothing more than that. It's spectacular to drive down the road and see the things and the lights mm. and what they've done and all those kinds of things. It's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money out there mm. being spent. So anytime someone says, you know... We're, you know, money's tight. No, it's not. Look out there. You know, look at the building they're doing in Frisco. Look at the building. No, it's not. It just depends yeah. on where it's being spent. And a whole bunch of people were spending it in Vegas. Come on, roll that in bones kind of thing. Well, now you go out there and you see what's happening with the NFL and that stadium and what's going to happen in baseball and all that. And you legitimize yourself, not as just a destination to go for three days or to have a convention. <clears throat> Right. <laughs> now we're going out there to talk about dental things. Nah. Uh, but as something that legitimately can be a power. And I think the attention there, maybe what people see when they're there, is going to give a lot of momentum to that city in place, which I think helps the Raiders. At any rate, having said all of those things, Cliff Kingsbury, I thought, hey, great fit. You're going to like it there. That's a good thing. to you know. I don't dislike Cliff Kingsbury. Well, over the weekend, it was like, well, maybe he's not going there. And then it started to come out that Caleb Williams has told the Bears, don't draft me, I'm not coming. He's done a little Peyton Manning back in the day. Don't draft me, I'm not coming. And where does he want to go? It appears he wants to go to the Commanders. And you might ask why. They're awful. Okay. They're they're not great. Uh, They definitely need a quarterback. They've got a new regime. they They absolutely do. They have new owners. They have a new regime. They have a new name, which I still wish they'd change, uh, but they won't. Uh, they are building somewhat of a base, and now Cliff Kingsbury's going to the Commanders. Well, isn't it interesting that Cliff Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams last year? Yeah. Hmm. He's remember Lincoln Riley added him out there to to help out. Well, this doesn't. I mean, it's not unheard of that some guys like some guy and they're comfortable together, and here's where what's going to happen. So we might be in for. It'd be kind of cool to say Washington's good again. It would. Um, it, it's still going to be interesting to see what the Bears do with mm-hmm. that pick mm-hmm. because obviously that's what this all relies on. It does. Um, we, we've heard you know, a lot of good things about Justin Fields in terms of uh, their trust in him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean – Getting a guy like Caleb Williams also kind of resets the clock a little bit on in terms of especially like the amount of money that you need to give up for mm-hmm. for a quarterback. So we're, we're ultimately going to know exactly what when it comes when it comes to what they do with this. 
what the intentions were behind Cliff Kingsbury, but it certainly looks funny that way, <laughs> just given his history with uh, the guy last year. Well, it, it looks it looks completely obvious, and yeah. I, mean, it's, I don't think anybody's going to try to run around and hide that. I just do wonder if you if everything out there is you know, like we said, it's a it's a new you know new ownership group. You got new coach. Everything's changing. Right, so everything's starting to morph. If this is enough to put them over the top, because as you said, the amount of money they're going to have to spend to get him, I mean, they're not they're paying money for Cliff too, you know, and then this amount of money you're going to have to pay for him for Caleb Williams alone, does that allow you enough in today's market with salary caps and all that kind of thing to be able to mm-hmm. go ahead and build enough around that to really be competitive? I mean, we, I, I don't know that he's going to be the highest paid guy ever. Coming out into a rookie right. deal, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's not really close. No, I, I think that's ultimately the case. Is mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if it's that high of a ceiling that we all talk about, then it might break the bank right out of the gate. Yeah, and so and we do know that the, the teams and players have done a really good job of being smart and trying to get themselves into positions where they can defer some things and maybe help their team and that kind of thing. We saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, do that kind of thing, and we've seen others do it. Maybe that all happens. Maybe he does a Shoei Atani thing and he kind of mm-hmm. moves some things around mm-hmm. because Shoei just showed people, hey, you don't have to do this just the one way. So maybe yeah. that's the case as well. All right, we're behind one, so we got to hurry. It's 827 on the Blitz 1170. We, uh, I want to get you what Warren Sapp said about Cam Newton, what Cam Newton said about um, Brock Purdy, and then what Brock Purdy said about Cam Newton in response. We come back here on the Blitz. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will be in Houston tomorrow night to take on the fourth-ranked Cougars. They're coming off a 75-72 victory over Kansas State, their second conference win in three games after initially starting 0-6. Javon Small had 18 points. Freshman Jamiron Keller added 12 off the bench. And the 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be hosting 22nd-ranked BYU tomorrow night at the Lloyd Noble Center. The Sooners came up short on Saturday in Orlando against UCF 74-63 as they shot only 37% from the field. The Trey Darthur led the team with 14 points. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That is the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. You're welcome to be on it. We've got a couple of those texts I want to read at 918-262-5072. He's Bryce Salsa. I'm Rick Corey. Before we did that, though, I don't know if you saw or not, Cam Newton, who is almost everywhere now, appearing. I think he'll. I think he'll appear on a CB. He just wants to be on the air somewhere. He wants some attention, basically. And as you know, as much as I appreciated his skill set at Auburn, and you know, taking Carolina to the Super Bowl, which was you know monumental, really. And then, <laughs> and then, in a quote he probably shouldn't have made. He said, well, if they want me to, you know, to stop running around because they were giving me a lot of trouble for being a moving quarterback and all that, they need to stop me. To which, <laughs> to which, uh, <clears throat> one young man from Denver uh, who uh, used to be an Aggie, Von Miller went all right. Mm-hmm. You said so, <laughs> and they did. Well, Cam, of course, isn't in the league anymore. Sure, believes he should play in a high level and in the league, which I didn't think he's past his time. Mm-hmm. He said that Brock Purdy might be the tenth best player on his football team, and 
all right, you're, you're, um, the opinion can be fine. Matter of fact, I saw a tweet this weekend that said he's going to the Super Bowl again, mm-hmm. and people still can't decide if he's any good. Yeah. <laughs> they know the team around him is really good. Well, I, I'll, I'm going to tell you, I think Brock Party's pretty doggone good, personally. Right. He, is he um, Johnny? Well, you wouldn't recognize that name if I threw it out. <laughs> Johnny Unitas, you know who that is? Yeah, yeah I know Johnny Unitas. Okay. Yeah, if, you know, for, for people who are like nowadays, is he Troy Aikman in his prime? No, he's not. Is he Tom Brady? No, he's not. Is he? Is he? Does he do the right things and make most of the right decisions? Yeah. Does he make some reach tree? They all do. Yeah. But he, I think he's pretty doggone good. And now I'm not quite sure if this really is the quote from Brock Purdy. Because you can do very much anything when it comes to faking things these days. But according to this, it was Brock Purdy saying, Cam might be right. I might be the 10th best player on my team. But I know there are 90 quarterbacks on NFL rosters, and he's not one. <laughs> and if that's him, and I hope it is, then that is, there couldn't I'm be trying a better, to find it. there could not be a better comeback. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I think that's what everybody thought, first of all, is just how you can talk like that when you're not even in the league. Mm-hmm. And even with Brock Purdy, I think we just, I think we undervalue so much when it comes to, you know, the kind of weapons that Brock Purdy has that not every quarterback can just go and do that then. You know, I think we really underrate that, that mm-hmm. just, we just assume that anybody with these kind of weapons can have success. It, it isn't that simple. You have to give credit where credit's due. Well, if you thought that, then Jimmy Garoppolo would have been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and Jimmy Garoppolo has his moments of being really good. But for the most part, Jimmy Garoppolo is just, in my opinion, not that good. Mm. He misses a lot. He turns the ball over a lot. He's He's got the skill and the talent other guys have had, too, and sat on the bench and watched. And Garoppolo, in my opinion, doesn't have it. But Brock Purdy got him there. Mm-hmm. A different deal, right? And then it was Warren Sapp, who I love. Warren Sapp, who I think still to this day cost me my Heisman vote because I voted for Warren Sapp and then I never, ever got a ballot again. (laughs) I don't blame him. He called him an an AWS and said he was talking about Warren. He was talking about, pardon me, Cam Newton. He was on a podcast. If you wasn't that guy, let's not get on these podcasts talking like you was that guy. You were a glorified running back. Mm. Now, I do think Cam Newton's skill set was very, very athletic, and probably a lot of that was there. That's, I mean, how Auburn was really good. And I do think he was he ran a lot and he used his legs a lot like Lamar. However, unlike Lamar, he did not do it a lot of times to extend plays. He just went out and ran. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think that maybe a glorified running back is a little bit of an overstatement, but I understand where Warren Sapp's coming from. Yeah. And, and can appreciate what he said. And I just think if you can, it's time to shut your mouth and not make and not further dump on your own legacy. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think that's been the issue with Cam is he, he's in a weird position, right? Because you're in a position where you think that you should be in the league, but but the league you know, doesn't believe that. <laughs> but the league doesn't believe that, and he's not the type of guy that you can even really have in a backup role because all the attention because this character that he's built up is always going to go to him and anytime the starter has problems it's going to be well when are they going to play cam when are they Mm -hmm. it's a very odd position that you put yourself in when you're not good enough to be in the league no doubt yeah and and i i I think not only i think is he a problem on a team because he's always going to say i should be the starter and he's going to divide a locker room you already aren't going to be on a roster when you do that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you take it to the point where your skill set's passed you by a little bit, and the game has passed by what your skill set was a little bit, in my opinion, as well. 837 on the Blitz, 1170. All right, I don't know. Did you hear Trayvon Diggs' son roasting Sauce Gardner at the Pro Bowl? I didn't hear that clip. You're going to have to. This is classic. Trust me. Ooh, don't touch Gardner. that dial, old radio thing. Don't <laughs> touch that dial. Because when we come back, you're going to get a chance to hear that. I'm going to tell you what Buzz Williams did, too, which I thought was really cool as well. All still straight ahead here on the Blitz. Before we do that, let me tell you about Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's uh, commercial division and a really, 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 really exciting piece of news that Frank Sanders Jr. He actually came up to tell me. He said, hey, can I come up and see you after the show one day? I said, yeah. He came up, and we sat here, and they are taking back the residential division. Overhead Door Company of Tulsa was a residential, you know, commercial, or a residential, pardon me, garage door opener installing company when they first came here in 1966. That's what Frank Sr. did. They came up here to do garage doors and homes. And as a matter of fact, you cannot go down a block in Tulsa where you won't find one. But later on, the company split into commercial and residential, and the Sanders family kept ownership of the res- of the commercial because that's the hardest part. That's the hardest thing to do, and no one was able to do it right, but they were. So now they have over 50 years' experience since 1966 doing this, and they are buying back the residential division. So very soon, it's all going to be under one roof, meaning your garage door at home can be done now once again by the Sanders families of Red Door Company of Tulsa. This is fantastic news. I can tell you, they put one on an adjacent, you know, for me, it's an adjacent uh, garage and, and uh, <clears throat> scuba business. And they put one on mine, and it's fantastic. So all the things I told you about commercial doors, A, they're still going to be doing commercial. So don't think they're going to stop doing that. They're not. So if you have a business and you need one of those, yes, they're still going to be the only company to turn to. But if you want the same kind of care, expertise, and experience, who puts the doors on and fixes the doors for Tulsa Police and Fire, for Amazon, for Green Heck, for BOK, you can have that at home. It's really simple, and it's really exciting. So if you need one now, all you do is go to Red Door Company of Tulsa. It's over at Door Company Tulsa. There's no of in there on the, on the website. Over at DoorCompanyTulsa.com. And whether it's residential or commercial, you're still going to get the Sanders family and over at Door Company Tulsa. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma City Thunder eventually took care of the Toronto Raptors after two overtimes, 135-127 to last night. Thunder were down 23 points at one point in the game. Josh Giddy scored 24, his best game in a, in a long time. SGA had 23, and Chet and Lou Dort each had 22 points. Oklahoma City will be at Utah tomorrow night. And the Washington Commanders have filled their offensive coordinator vacancy. They'll be hiring former Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury had just backed out of a possible deal to have the same position with the Las Vegas Raiders. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Uh, we've had some calls. and We also had some text today at 918-262-5072, the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here on the Blitz 1170. Bryce Solis in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Okay, i got to get to this part. You know, As part of the Pro Bowl, they did this uh, um, 
flag football game. And, you know, a lot of times when it comes to this, you know, not really much of a Pro Bowl anymore, if you will, more of just a skills contest, which Baker Mayfield, by the way, was the offensive MVP and also won the precision passing. Although one of the broadcasters went out afterwards and decided to take throws to Dan Orlovsky, and he beat the quarterbacks. Oh, wow. Now, Orlovsky played, so, I mean, yeah. he was pretty good. But he went out and he scored higher than the other quarterbacks. That's <laughs> pretty good. All right, so Trevon Diggs' son was there at the game. <laughs> and he's around a bunch of players. <laughs> Pardon me, and that's going to make a laugh. I'm going to cough again. And Sauce Gardner is talking to him around a group of players. Listen to what happens. What's good, man? How you doing, man? I see you. Who your uncle? Who your uncle? You want to talk to us about? Uh, and look what happened. Oh. <laughs> what? He scored on you that week one game. I don't remember that, but hey, if you say he did, hey. this man done win the week one, man. Hey, one, so. your uncle good at football, man. Yeah. Hey, no, this is the thing. He gonna dap me up first and then say that though. So do you do you mess with me or you don't mess with me? I mess with you. You don't. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. That was so adorable and classic. That kid, talk about confidence. He walks up to Sauce Gardner. Hey, you mess with my uncle. He scored on you in week one. <laughs> he's he, held he was, on to that for like 25 weeks. Yeah, he, was, he, he was sort of dap him up first. That's what I loved about what Sauce saying. You know, dap him up and then and then some talk some mess. And, and, right. And, and the kid, I mean, just entertaining as could be. I, that was absolutely <laughs> classic. And it's that, to me, is is the part of that that really is fun now. I mean, you know, they played the game many years ago. It was really serious. And then it was like, that's yeah, not a big deal. And they played the game now for, just kind of for fun. And they're playing yeah. this. And, and honestly, the flag football was kind of fun to watch. I liked watching the passing, the precision passing, and the, some of those acrobatic best catches they were trying to do. The punt thing where you got to carry more than one, mm. you know, keep all the balls in your hands. That was kind of fun to watch as well. Overall, I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched enough to know that the NFC won. And yeah. so I saw this stat Peyton Manning, or pardon me, Eli Manning is now 2 0 against his brother in the Pro Bowl and 2 0 against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton yeah, Manning, pardon awesome. me, Eli Manning, who the entire time he played football looked like he was doing it with a with maybe a burr in his foot or mm. bad hemorrhoids. He never yeah. he always looked really unhappy. Mm -hmm. And now he is living his best life and dominating <laughs> his brother uh, in the Pro Bowl. Good for yes. him. I, I thought that was really cool. If you haven't seen it yet, Bill Belichick took out an entire page in yesterday's Boston Globe to thank Patriots fans. I'm not going to mm. read the whole thing because it's ridiculously long, yeah. but I thought it was really cool. I think it's also a little bit I mean, it's nice that he did it, but I also think it's a little bit of Belichick saying, I'm not coaching this year. Yeah. And maybe ever, <clears throat> again, because what he does, what he wants, I don't think NFL teams are going to allow anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that was Bill Belichick's goodbye. Could be that way. And, and especially just with the way, you know, things didn't end that great with the Patriots, obviously. Mm -hmm. So maybe just finding, you know, a good time to 
cut it off, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, When we come back, I'm going to get you what Buzz Williams did after a kid hit a half-court shot, which I thought was really cool, and some other notes to close it up. He is Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey, and we'll be right back to finish it up on the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The 23rd-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be hosting 22nd-ranked BYU tomorrow night at the LNC. The Sooners came up short on Saturday in Orlando against UCF, 74-63. They only shot 37% from the field, but Latre Darthur led the team with 14 points. And tomorrow night, the Oklahoma State Cowboys will be in Houston to take on the fourth-ranked Cougars. The Pokes are coming off a 75-72 victory over Kansas State. That's their second conference win in three games after initially starting 0-6. Javon Small had 18, and freshman Jamiron Keller had 12 off the bench. That's the window rolled to Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Several of you have today on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Thanks very much. As a matter of fact, Wade sent a text when we talked about Oklahoma State. Really, I was very proud of the Cowboys. After losing Bryce Thompson and with all that has gone on there, and you heard us talk to Garen Emig earlier. Thank you, by the way, to Garen from the sellout crowd being with us at 730 talking about, you know, Mike Boynton's and he's really swimming upstream. I mean, it's, he's pushing a chain uphill with his nose. Mm-hmm. It's tough. you got a lot of freshmen, and I, that, you've gotten there yourself. You're going to feel sorry. Nobody feels sorry for you. You got there right? because you did it. And, yeah, yeah, you lost guys. We understand. It happens to everybody. But you didn't portal as many people. I mean, say what you will. The team you have is the team you went out and got. So you can't feel sorry for anybody in this situation. But, you know, considering how things have gone – and then having Bryce Thompson lose, you thought, oh, they're not going to win another game. And I had people yeah. text and say that. They go out and beat Kansas State, 75-72. Yeah. They, got, they got a little bit of something from everybody. Quine Williams had 17 and 10 rebounds in the first half. He had eight rebounds yeah. in a half. You know, Javon Small had 18. They had five guys in double figures. So I mean, you know, just said I was really proud of them. And, and Wade texted us and said, you know, uh, Boynton proved me wrong, although in my opinion it's a little too late. It did seem that we had a better crowd Saturday, which helped get the W. Did you think the crowd was better? Uh, yeah, by their their standards this year, I would say they're a little bit better in terms of filling in that you know middle bowl yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the third section still always needs some work, but yeah. uh, a little bit better than usual, I would say. Yeah, and Gary Meek mentioned, you know, hey, what's happening at GIA is just not what we're used to. You know, we were used yeah. to under Eddie Sutton and all that. You know, even with Travis Ford, some some full crowds, and even under Sean. Early on, some mm-hmm. full stadiums, and we just we just didn't get that. Uh, but I was very proud of him, and so was he. And I thought that was nice of Wade to say that because Wade had said, "I don't think they might not win another game." And I, so it was nice to just you know just admit it, and I appreciate that. We also had a stat earlier about things that baby boomers, which is my age group and older, actually still spend money on that nobody else does. One of them was landlines at home, a land phone mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. A hardwired phone line that actually, you know, with a cord, not, well, not a cord, but, you know, the end of the wall. And I asked, does anybody really have one? We had one text, Change, texted, and that's his name, yes, Change, C-H-A-I-N-G, mm-hmm. said, my oldest daughter and myself have always kept a line, landline. At least one time a week we talked to each other on them. I thought that oh, was cool. Okay. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Uh, being able to do that. I mean, there's some things about that, you know, when, when cell phones go out, landlines work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> without, yeah. without power, landlines work. 
for emergency situations. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. and, and there are people who've kept them. I don't have one, and you said you didn't either. But there are those who have. So he has too, which is nice. And I've gotten a lot of fun texts from Gretchen this morning. She and DK were helping us with the whole mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman thing. He was at an Ole Miss basketball game. One of the players kind of went uh, – he was in the front or, if you will, courtside seat. One of the players kind of fell going toward the out-of-bounds, and Morgan Freeman put his hand up and, and touched his back to kind of hold him and kind of grabbed his jersey because he knows the kid. And the kid instinctively swiped, because he didn't know it was him, swiped behind him and knocked his hand away and then turned around and looked and saw his Morgan Freeman went, ah, and jumped back and shook his hand. And, uh, it was, and apparently the two know each other somewhat because Morgan Freeman apparently goes to Ole Miss games um, and hung out, which I thought was kind of cool. Now, I mentioned the Buzz Williams thing. All right, so Buzz is the head coach at Texas A&M. So the reason I know what happened is my mother-in-law, who's, a, you know, as I mentioned before, she watches every game that involves anybody in our family. They're in Arkansas. They're fans, so they watch the Hawks. Uh, and they were watching Florida A&M because I have a niece who was a Florida grad. <clears throat> and, of course, Delaney's an A&M. So A&M beat Florida 67-66 in a really exciting game down the stretch. But during that game, a student hit a half-court shot. And that student got $1,000 for hitting a half-court shot, which sounds like not very much, right? Because right. normally those half-court shots are 5, 10, 15, mm. 25 grand. Mm-hmm. Was a thousand dollars? I don't even know. I don't even know what the situation was. I just know she had a half court shot for a thousand dollars. After the game, Buzz Williams said, "Wait a minute! I knew something entertaining was going on, but a thousand dollars—that's all that we can give." If she's listening, come see me. I'll match the gift from Texas A&M. Wow! This was on his post-game radio show. So that student got a grand—not bad, but a grand. But Buzz Williams. Said, just come on over, and I'll just match it, and I'll give you another grant. I thought that was really cool. That's pretty awesome. It is. All right, speaking of college basketball, here's a note as we close out. Since 2018, so it's 2018, who has the most wins in the NCAA tournament? What school? Um, KU. Number two at 13. Uh, UConn? Well, they, uh, they've missed it. In yeah, not times. even there. I give up. Gonzaga. Oh. 15 wins for the Zags since 2018. Right there. Kansas with 13, Villanova with 13, Houston with 12, Duke with 10, Baylor 9, Michigan 9, North Carolina 8, UCLA 8, Michigan State 8, Arkansas 8, and Auburn 8. Gonzaga. Hmm. Aren't they a, not a power conference team? <laughs> Maybe one of these days. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Blitz. Says, tune in this afternoon. It'll be the Pop, uh, the Pop and Colby with the, the show. That's going to become up right here. Dan Patrick's next on the Blitz.